Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has of late been consolidating his domestic power in anticipation of succeeding to the throne when his elderly father, King Salman, dies, abdicates, or is incapacitated. MBS, as he's universally known, added the position of Prime Minister to his title as of late and proceeded to deal a blow to the Biden administration by allying the oil-producing and exporting countries, OPEC+, Plus, which Saudi Arabia leads, with Russia in cutting petroleum production. The move is designed to raise the price of oil and politically hurt President Biden, against whom both MBS and Vladimir Putin, of course, bear grudges. So, is it all personal or strategic? And could the Saudis possibly form an axis with their sworn enemy, the Iranians, who are allied with the Russians in the Ukraine war, in Syria and beyond? Joining us from elsewhere here in Jerusalem is Dr. Eran Etzion, who is the former deputy head National Security Council and a panelist at TV7 Powers in Play. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hi. Not a doctor, but thanks. Not yet, indeed. Uh, also joining us from elsewhere in Jerusalem is Dr. Nir Bohms, who is a research fellow at the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Good to be here. And with me here in the studio is our TV7 uh, editor-at-large, host of Watchmen Talk, Powers in Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on the current state of play. Of course, uh, it, it brings... Uh, the the scenario of Egypt to mind when the Obama administration was scrutinizing it for uh, supposedly human rights violations and so on after uh, the incumbent president, uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, seized power from the former head uh, of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, uh, Mohammed Mursi. Uh, that brought various sanctions by the Obama administration. We saw then uh, Samir Shukri, the foreign minister of Egypt, come out and say, we're not going to put all of our eggs in one basket anymore, uh, in reference to the United States. And they started seeking other allies, including China, including uh, Russia, for that matter. Is this what is happening now also uh, in Saudi Arabia? Well, camels don't lay eggs, of course. Um, so uh, the uh, metaphor may not uh, hold for either Egypt or Saudi Arabia. And um, ever since um, President Roosevelt met King Ibn Saud 77 years ago on the USS Quincy in the Great Bitter Lake, uh, the deal uh, was petroleum for protection. And in some uh, smaller, minor way, policy impact. The uh, Saudis have always been um, very, very powerful economically, financially, but very weak strategically and militarily, uh, partly by design because the uh, Royal House of Saud didn't want uh, a strong army which um, in the uh, pattern of the Middle East would then mount a military coup. So uh, they have two weak militaries, the regular one and the National Guard, but they always le uh, lean on the Americans and sometimes such as 
what happened with the Grand Mosque in Mecca in the late 70s on others, the French, uh, came to the rescue. Now, in addition to petroleum and protection, we have another P, and this is personality. And MBS um, does not conform to the paradigm which you presented with the Egyptian Abdel Fattah Sisi. Because the Sisi administration, even though it abused human rights, um, did not implicate the president or the general turned president personally. While MBS was personally implicated in sending the murder squad to assassinate uh, Jamal Khashoggi, who um, had a lot of backing in the United States. He was a Washington Post columnist. Uh, American public opinion uh, did not regard the uh, Trump administration's relationship with MBS favorably. And President Biden started out by trying to shun uh, MBS. Um, it was very awkward. Uh, Biden spoke with King Salman, Secretary of State Blinken spoke with others, and they uh, tried to boycott MBS until reality stepped in with the rising oil prices and Biden had to go to Saudi Arabia and ask for favors. And what um, MBS has now been doing before the elections, because the uh, uh, cut in production and the uh, rise in prices will only take place in November. He could have put it off. He had an interest in appearing to stab um, Biden, not in the back, but up front, to show uh, his domestic audience in Saudi Arabia that he is not losing face. So because it's personal rather than strategic, who knows how it will turn out. Nevertheless, we do see deepening ties between Saudi Arabia and China. We see, uh, see significant investments in Russia, regardless of what is happening in Ukraine. Uh, does this necessarily mean that uh, the Saudis are playing Saudi's game of chess rather than uh, the game of chess of the United States and what it perceives as the right course of action from Washington's standpoint, Mr. Etzion? I think we tend to... Um micro-analyze relations between the Saudis and the Americans, and it's fine. Um, it, it has its own merits. But I think um, from a macro perspective, what we're seeing now is, is not surprising and conforms with long-term trends that have been quite visible for a long time, which begin with the U.S gradual departure from the Middle East that, as we all know, began with uh, George W. Bush, continued with Obama and then with Trump and will continue with Biden and will continue with whoever is elected next, because that's uh, a strategic imperative for the Americans. That's number one. And of course, the Saudis don't like it and they have to adapt. Um, Number two is the situation between the Americans and the Iranians with the JCPOA and uh, from a larger perspective, everything that Iran is doing in the region. And here the Saudis decided that they will not simply align with the Americans, but will adopt a more sophisticated, if you will, dual strategy 
whereby on the one hand they do side with the Americans, but on the other they um, negotiate continuously with the Americans, both bilaterally and as part of the GCC, with the very explicit aim to reach a new status quo, an agreed status quo between the Saudis and the Iranians and between the GCC and the Iranians. And this has been ongoing for a long time. Russia here um, also has been uh, kind of, if you will, in the corner of the uh, Saudi calculation. And because of the Ukrainian war, things have now changed. And to me, this is the, the real black horse here is not MBS, and it's not uh, the recent decision of OPEC Plus, it's Russia and Putin. And the big question is, is Putin going to radically change his strategy vis-a-vis -vis the region, vis-a-vis -vis the Saudis, vis-a-vis -vis the Iranians? And what implications will that have? Because I don't think the Saudis, from their own kind of overall strategy, would like to, uh, shall we say, relinquish their relations with the Americans or even downgrade them. They would like to play across all terrains, something that, again, they've been doing for a long time. And they've been uh, playing the Russians for a long time, too. So my bottom line here is quite simple. Um, there is a lot less new that, than meets the eye, certainly in MBS's policy. If there is something new, it's on the Russian front. Um, I did hear just before we went on air that there is a Biden statement now on possible review of relations between the Americans and the Saudis Indeed. as a retaliation to, to MBS's move. Now, that's obviously very significant. And, and uh, if indeed it's true, I didn't have time to double check, but that's what I saw. Well, I'll, uh, I'll add to uh, that uh, point. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken actually came out with a statement uh, where he said, uh, uh, as for the relationship with Riyadh going forward, we're reviewing a number of response options. We're uh, consulting closely with Congress. We will not do anything that would infringe on our interest. That's first and foremost that will guide us, and we will keep all of those interests in mind and consult closely with all the relevant stakeholders as we decide on any steps going forward. Uh, diplomacy at best. Well, uh, the bottom line, right? The bottom line here again that there is less change than meets the yeah. Indeed, Doctor Bombs, uh, your take on this matter? Well, I, I think there's actually perhaps more change than uh, meets the eye. Uh, and uh, the potential change, or uh, you quoted Secretary Blinken, we can also add uh, Senator Menendez and Senator Blumenthal and, and the recent call to freeze U.S. cooperation with Saudi Arabia. This is following uh, a not very successful uh, presidential visit uh, to uh, Saudi uh, Arabia, speaking about President Biden. Um, that may be a, a, a potential change that actually may be very uh, significant. Um, but if we're looking for another change, uh, and that certainly I'll agree that the, the Russia and, and Ukraine situation has been very much a, a part of it. Uh, the Americans are back in playing a little bit of a Cold War dynamic. Um, we need to stand firm uh, against uh, Russia. Uh, while some of the other allies, certainly in the Middle East, uh, for quite some time are playing a different game. Uh, this is not just the Saudis, and this is not just Russia. This is also Iran, and this is also China. 
and they would like to keep good relationships uh, with all of their powers. This is part of the uh, understanding that uh, there are other powers, regional powers and other international powers, that the Americans are not the only power and that uh, this is within the interests of the Gulf players to keep good relationships for the sake of their own security. They have seen uh, the consequences, uh, for example, of, of the Yemen war um, and part of uh, what they've attempted to do as a policy correction is to say we need to keep relationships uh, with uh, the different players uh, and you know if you take it a step forward uh, with the Emiratis they would like to uh, make sure that they're able to do so both with Iran and with Israel all at the same time which is again a, a re relatively recent new uh, development and an interesting one and so uh, the Saudis uh, play within uh, the same uh, chessboard um, and add to that uh, that uh, Mohammed bin Salman uh, is known within his own country as somebody who breaks glass ceilings, who is uh, taking a very independent line, doing this domestically, and now he's willing also to do it uh, in, a, in a foreign policy perspective, which is something that perhaps helps uh, to show that he is uh, uh, doing uh, things in an independent way, that he is willing uh, to stand firm on, on interests, um, and perhaps it helps him domestically. Whether uh, that's going to backfire and he's going to pay a, a price for it, and that's going to be, uh, uh, from a strategic uh, perspective, uh, not the wisest of moves. Uh, time, uh, time will, uh, time will tell. Um, and of course, uh, other developments uh, may shift some of what we're seeing here um, as we begin to speak about shifting sense. Just recently, the uh, Dr. Rafael Barají, who is on our uh, Europa Stance panel and formerly served as Spain's national security advisor, wrote a, uh, an article about uh, weak leaders usually prompt advisors to suggest more bolder moves and bolder uh, uh, activities in order to hide the fact that the, the leader is weak. Is this something that can be translated into reality uh, also in Saudi Arabia, or is this exclusive for the Biden administration and its leader, who doesn't seem to be able to get too much policy uh, other than what is currently happening vis-a-vis -vis Russia? Well, the uh, Ukrainian policy of uh, Joe Biden uh, has been quite successful without sending American troops there. Uh, sending uh, arms and training the Ukrainians, uh, whether it will be successful eventually. It's all relative, of course. Yes, indeed. but, but uh, going back to the Saudi-American uh, relationship, uh, at least uh, since the Second World War, the world has been addicted to oil, especially Gulf oil, whether you call it Persian Gulf or Arabian Gulf, and most especially Saudi uh, oil. And at the same time, Saudi Arabia has been addicted to oil money. Now, MBS is trying to change it because he looks ahead 10, 15 years. He sees that uh, the world is going uh, electric, uh, even though, of course, uh, you still need power stations to generate uh, electricity. And many, uh, if not most, power stations still uh, take oil or gas rather than nuclear. Nevertheless, uh, he, uh, he knows that uh, the uh, Saudi leverage is not going uh, to remain uh, at this particular level. But the Americans, and the senators were mentioned here, the Americans um, resent, even have a grudge against the Saudis for several reasons. 
1991, of course, Desert Chill, Desert Storm, the Americans came to the rescue of Saudi Arabia when it feared that Saddam Hussein would invade it uh, coming uh, after uh, Kuwait. And then there was 9-11 with most of the hijackers coming uh, from Saudi Arabia. Of course, bin Laden himself uh, is Saudi. And there were several other incidents. And it seems as if for many Americans, politicians, but also other citizens, enough is enough. So it is not only that Biden must show uh, his domestic audience that he is tough, that he is not only wearing aviator glasses. Um, it seems that uh, the Saudis may have uh, gone too far in uh, needling the Americans and not only Biden personally. I'd like to ask, and this uh, will uh, go to all of you, but the fact of the matter is when we're talking about people going to the, the gas pumps uh, and uh, having to pay more money per gallon, this will ultimately impact the midterm elections. Whether uh, Biden likes it or not, there is going to be uh, a backlash to the fact that people are going to have to spend more money while inflation occurs and their value of their money but, is lower. But they're not Is this going to then... Uh, a possible transition of power to the Republicans. Well, Will that alter also the course vis-a-vis -vis the, the JCPOA with uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran? Well, you know, this is a very mechanistic interpretation of how the supposedly unsophisticated American electorate will respond. Uh, will they uh, blame Biden? Um, if they will, Biden, uh, we have seen already, is uh, opening the strategic reserve and uh, is uh, betting on uh, the elections, uh, the midterm elections uh, coming and going. Um, He's improving the short term at the expense of the yeah, medium to long term. Yes, uh, there are so many factors going into the decision on whether to vote for a certain senator or congressman or governor or a candidate uh, to these offices that uh, the, um, the price at the pump and the, the idea that heating oil will be more expensive, this is only one part. Indeed. Well, uh, Mr. Etzion, I'd like to raise a quote, I'll also hear your position on this and also Dr. Bohm's. Uh, but, um, you know, Moscow uh, tried to deflect all the claims that Saudi Arabia is now aligning itself with Moscow. Uh, but it said, uh, Dmitry Peskov, uh, also uh, in uh, an apparent response to your statement earlier, uh, he said that OPEC and OPEC plus, uh, plus formats are institutes that have repeatedly confirmed their credentials as very responsible organizations which support market stability on the global energy markets. So the decisions they have made are aimed at stabilizing the oil market we're taking not... Uh, talking, uh, not about solidarity with a particular country or a country or any other. Stable markets are in everybody's interests. Uh, how does diminishing uh, oil production stabilize a market that is so obscenely high that is threatening uh, not only the European continent, but everywhere throughout the world? This is obviously not about stabilizing the market. This is about maximizing profits and maximizing self-interests by those OPEC plus members and specifically Russia and the Saudis. The, the Russian interest here is very clear. The Saudi interest less so, 
uh, I revert to what Amir said earlier. Obviously, relations between Biden and MBS became too personal. And um, surely from MBS's side, maybe also from Biden's side, uh, there is a toxic dimension that is uh, unfortunately uh, having a negative impact on the relations. Um, but that was to be expected with all of the statements we heard from Biden, um, basically cur uh, cursing out and lambasting at uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. What did the Americans expect? Yeah, but then he made this uh, humiliating, according to some people, humiliating uh, gesture of traveling to uh, to uh, Saudi Arabia, meeting with him, shaking his hands, you know, in a, in a photographic uh, exhibition and so on. So um, he expected, obviously, Biden expected different behavior from uh, MBS. He got uh, a slap in his face and he is now reacting. I had a chance again to, to look at my Twitter and, and uh, as far as I can see, there is an official statement by the White House spokesperson that says that uh, President Biden believes that there needs to be a reevaluation of relations between the US and Saudi. This is pretty dramatic. So. Um, to your question again, I don't think that anybody on that side of the decision making in OPEC plus and so on, and specifically Putin and MBS are looking to stabilize the market. They're looking for something very, very different. Um, will they get it? That's an interesting question. And to your uh, point about the, the midterms and what kind of uh, impact will it have on the midterms? Again, I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to have an immediate dramatic impact on oil prices or gas prices in uh, American gas stations. And I'm not sure then that uh, this time around, in this election season, people will vote on this rather than on more uh, perceived acute issues of identity of, you know, Democrats versus Republicans. Of uh, obviously, obviously, in the midterms, it's all about the particular person you're voting for in your country, in in your state, in your district. So, I'm I'm not sure. Bottom line, what kind of impact this will have on the midterms? Dr. Bones. Well, first, the United States has more options when it comes to energy. So, I would uh, agree that the, the uh, this particular issue will have effect, but perhaps a limited effect when it comes to the election dynamics. But when it comes to the Saudi perspective, what you hear from them is uh, actually something more uh, interesting. They're happy to wait for a change in the United States, and they're happy to do whatever they can uh, to bring that change. They're not hiding this, and I've heard this from people who have visited Saudi very uh, recently. Uh, they're very happy to bring Republican uh, uh, affiliates, whether these are uh, think tanks, conservative thinkers and others, uh, they feel more at ease uh, with them. Um, and perhaps they can also afford uh, to wait. Uh, you know, uh, when it comes to the United States, uh, we look at elections, midterm, and then, uh, you know, a potential change every four years. When it comes to this country, we sometimes do it every four months. But when it comes to Saudi, uh, they may have a longer view. Uh, and they... Uh, can sit and wait until there's going to be a more favorable administration with whom uh, they may be able to, uh, uh, you know, do more business. And there is something... So you're saying similar to basically the suggestion of John Kerry at the time to Mohammad Javad Zarif to wait out the Republican Party so the Democratic Party could come up and 
potentially devise a better deal uh, or revive the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action at the time. I mean, you know, that's usually the political instinct is, uh, you know, we're able to create a better deal uh, than, than somebody else. And, you know, if, we'll, if you wait for us, we'll be able to deliver some more. Uh, when it comes to the Saudi, uh, Mohammed bin Salman does not have a, a plan to be re-elected uh, or, or change course necessarily in the next uh, four years or it's up to him in the next 40 years. And, and so he is able to think uh, long term or at least to pretend to do so. And I want to add one more point, uh, which is also uh, I think a little tragic uh, when it comes to the Saudi-American crash. Uh, the, the Americans, and certainly this administration, have many good reasons. We just uh, articulated them of why they're upset. Uh, and now, you know, you add the OPEC Plus uh, into this discussion. But if you were to zoom out uh, uh, and, and looking at what is happening in Saudi Arabia, uh, I think actually a lot of positive things are happening. And I think Mohammed bin Salman is able to move the country in toward modernization, is able to do much more uh, when it comes to de-radicalization, is able to do much more and bring in the Saudis into the regional discourse uh, and get Saudis to play a, a more positive role in a number of areas, uh, certainly in many areas that has to do with um, directly with American interests, not to mention Israeli interests. Uh, we are witnessing a different Saudi Arabia. And it is tragic that within this context, uh, we have uh, an American administration that is not able to find uh, uh, you know, perhaps better ways uh, to support some of these positive uh, dynamics uh, that I think are very relevant and important for the region. And part of that, I think, is the disappointment of the Saudis uh, who uh, are, are saying, look, if that's uh, the case, if this is the reward that we're getting from our allies on when the time when we are actually coming toward them, and then perhaps we uh, will also respond uh, differently. Of course, that's comes back to the personnel and that's what we've discussed. Indeed. Mr. Owen, implications for Israel as we're drawing it? Well, first of all, a precedent. When Henry Kissinger used the word reassessment, or President Ford did, regarding the Israeli-American relationship, in 1974, it was, uh, 75, it was a bombshell. And Israel understood the implication. And now that Iran has been quoting the word re-evaluation, everybody will understand. Now, uh, under uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and President uh, Trump with Secretary Pompeo, there was an axis of sorts between Riyadh and Jerusalem and Washington. Now, it seems doubtful. Indeed. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank Mr. Etzion, Dr. Bombs, and Mr. Owen for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.